Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. And today we're going to talk about careers and venture capital for MBA students. And to do that, I have Natalie Poston, a Georgetown McDonough class of 2021 MBA student and someone who uh, this past summer uh, interned in venture capital and is pursuing a career in venture capital um, after business school. Um, so if Natalie, first and foremost, um, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for coming on the MBA Insider podcast. Before we jump into venture capital, maybe let's just start. Um, what, what, did, what did you do before you went to business school and why did you even choose to get an MBA in the first place? Yeah, thanks, Al. Um, first, just want to say thank you so much for having me and you know, really excited for our conversation. So my background is um, a little bit different. I went to Michigan State University and majored in advertising and public relations. I really loved media. I initially wanted to major in journalism, but you know, even back then, um, you know, 2008, 2010, you heard a lot about the media industry shrinking. So I was like, you know, I, I was interested in advertising. I was interested in journalism and public relations is cool because it's kind of in the intersection of both. So um, yeah, after Michigan State, I moved to Chicago and I spent about nine years there working in integrated marketing and PR consulting for a few different consulting agencies, but really focused on food and CPG. So I have clients like um, Unilever, P&G, Starbucks, even startups like RX Bar. And it was a really cool career to do a lot of the things I loved, which was writing, building relationships with media, working with clients and brands. And um, I, I ended up starting to specialize in corporate social responsibility because I had a you know, real interest in sustainability and impact. And you know, I got to kind of test my hand in that for clients like State Farm, Hershey's, uh, Miss Con America, which is the owner of Regu and Bertoli. Um, and anyway, I, I really loved that. And, and I got really passionate and started thinking about the type of impact that businesses could have, you know, um, in society today. I think, you know, we see more and more millennials looking for um, CEOs and brands to, to stand up and kind of fill the leadership vacuum. So anyway, I really loved that, but I was approaching it from a marketing lens. And I just kept thinking, you know, I need to understand the business case if I want to approach corporate you know, sustainability and, and social issues, I, I need to understand the business case behind it. And because my advertising degree was in the communications college, you know, I really didn't get those fundamentals in undergrad. So I thought, you know, I had a couple of choices. I, you know, I was like, maybe I could go in-house at a company, work on the CSR team, work my way up, learn the business there, but that would take me quite a few years. And the other opportunity I saw was like, let me let me just go and get an MBA and I'll kind of be fast-tracked uh, to learn those business fundamentals. So that's how I um, started thinking about my career journey. And that's what really prompted me to seek out an MBA. Thank you for sharing that. And it sounds like you got to work with quite a 
diversity of businesses before school and quite some some big names. And so I think that's I think that's really great. I uh, would love to know how you ended up at Georgetown McDonough. Um, I uh, I am a Boston College um, under, undergrad alum, and so I always love the Jesuit schools. But I uh, would love yeah. to know why you chose Georgetown in particular. Yeah, so I actually um, had a, I would say like a, a non-traditional MBA uh, <laughs> recruiting experience. So I initially thought that I would just stay in Chicago and I would do a, an evening program. I was looking at um, Kellogg and Booth, which are obviously great schools. Um, and so I got really far down the path in terms of talking to them. And it was New Year's uh, 2019. I was like, you know, this is my New Year's resolution. I'm going to get into business school. So I hit the ground running. But the thing was, I, I hadn't done like full time MBA research. So I really didn't know that most people were spending you know, a year, maybe prepping for the, the test, um, spending time, you know, at, at campus tours. And, you know, it's obviously a years long process. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know any of that. And the thing about the part-time programs in Chicago were that you could apply every semester. So there weren't the traditional deadlines with a full-time MBA. And anyway, I, I just kind of jumped right in. Um, so I said, January, I will get into business school year this year. This is my New Year's resolution. Um, I, I studied for the GRE for three months. I tested in March. I applied in April. And um, throughout this kind of process, I thought, you know, I was like, do I really want to be in Chicago for three more years? I loved it there. My friends were there, but I was like, maybe I'll check out DC. So I was like, okay, I had been there for work. I love the city. Um, and I was like, Georgetown is, you know, the place in DC I'd want to check out. So I went to a um, you know, informational session at McDonough and I was the only one there for the evening program and everybody else was in there for the full-time program. And I had never really thought about going down the full-time route, but I love the people I met. Everybody was so energized. And I started to just think about the, the possibility of a full-time program. I was like, you know, I really want to pivot. So this would give me a lot more time and space to approach a new career. And um, I, I was just like, you know what, I'll go for it. it I was applying in round three and um, most people that I talked to were like, no one gets in around three, you know, good luck. <laughs> so I kind of, um, you know, I, I applied out of a, um, a kind of a, a long shot, but the thing that really drew me to McDonough was the global perspective. So I hope to, work internationally someday. And, and I love that McDonough placed a priority on that global business experience. You know, there's a global consulting project and about 30% of the class is international. So, you know, for me, that, that was a huge selling point. And the location, obviously DC is a really global city. Um, it's really the intersection of business and policy and nonprofits, which I was interested, you know, in terms of social impact. Um, next, it really was that, to your point, those Jesuit values and the culture. I really loved, um, you know, uh, thinking about care of the whole person and men and women in service to others, which are, of course, like great Jesuit values. And um, finally, it was like a focus on principal leadership. So to me, um, that was what I, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to go into corporate social responsibility. And I was like, I, you know, believe business has a bigger role to play in society. So I really liked thinking about principal leadership um, in Georgetown is 
was a huge advocate of that. Um, and then of course the people, I think, you, you know, you hear that um, from everybody, you, you wanna choose a program where you really fit and click. And I just loved everybody um, that I had met while I was on campus in my time. So those were the kind of things that sold me on Georgetown. I, I applied in round three um, and, you know, I was like, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I, I got accepted. So I was like, wow, um, you know, I got accepted in, in May and the program started in July. So my kind of timeline from testing to starting school was seven months uh, or starting studying for the, the jury to then starting school was seven months. So um, kind of only after did I meet all my classmates and, and kind of, um, you know, learn more about the, the approach other people were taking. And I was like, wow, you know, I, I took a really, um, you know, kind of a non-traditional approach, but it really, it, it really worked out for me. So I, I don't know, um, you know, the lesson in that, but I, I think it was, you know, for, from a Georgetown perspective, it, it was all those things that really um, drew me to the school. And it's been, you know, really exciting to watch those things play out in the day to day. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, to me, the lesson in it is that um, once you figure out your goal, you just go for it. And yeah. the other lesson <laughs> is, is that the numbers show that people do get in and run three. And yeah. you are one of the data points that shows that that is true. Uh, to your point, yes, maybe not as many as in other rounds, but they exist and you are living proof of that. And so mm -hmm. uh, if you do have a goal and you do want to do it, do it. And then yeah. and then whatever happens, happens. Um, that's yeah. great. And, and certainly too, I, I can definitely see just based off of your past experience, particularly working in corporate social responsibility, why a school like Georgetown, both in terms of the programs that they offer, as well as the values that they have can, you know, really, really stand out and really, and really resonate. So at least from my perspective, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. So one of the things that you mentioned was that, you know, particularly as you thought more about instead of applying to an evening program, applying to the full-time program, one of the things that you mentioned was this idea of being a career switcher. And so I um, would love to know, um, you eventually decided to pursue venture capital and that certainly is a career switch. So could you talk a little bit about why you chose VC uh, and what, you know, what kind of led you to realizing that that was what you wanted to pursue at least for recruiting in your first year? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I know there are definitely success stories of people pivoting, you know, while doing um, evening programs, and I definitely don't want to discount that. I think, you know, it's just a personal choice um, for everybody. I, I also knew that um, just with the trajectory of my job and the, you know, time commitments, I, once I opened up myself to the potential of a full-time, I really liked the additional time and space that would offer me to kind of explore. So, um in terms of VC, yeah, to your point, I, I went in really focused on corporate social responsibility. I didn't really know much, much about venture capital. Um, it, you know, it really wasn't on my radar, uh, which is interesting because a lot of my uh, colleagues and friends now really chose Georgetown uh, for that that VC track. But um, anyway, as as I started to think about, I went in very narrowly focused on corporate social responsibility, and then throughout the you know, first few weeks and months of the program, I broadened my lens a little bit more to impact generally. And I started to think about what are the, the, the places and the industries that are, that really have impact um, in, you know, our country and in our economy and venture capital really, you know, stood out. Of, of course, there is the impact investing component, which is really, really interesting. But then, you know, even just on a day-to-day -day level, the impact you have as a venture capitalist is you get to 
fund really innovative businesses and you get to kind of be at the forefront of the innovation economy. And I really like, I fell in love with that. Um, and I was exposed to um, venture capital through our entrepreneurship and VC club. They're, um, they, they were doing a lot of um, information sessions and activities that I attended. And I um, also was just kind of using my resources more broadly. I, I found a course called Venture Deals, and it's from um, Brand Feld, who's the founder of uh, Foundry Group, and then also um, a co-founder, I believe, of uh, Techstars. So it was a really great online course, and it's free, and it just kind of taught me the fundamentals of the industry, the lingo, and I realized, oh, this is something I'm really interested in. So by the time our um, uh, by the time our school had our venture capital investment competition, which is a big case competition, um, I had kind of gotten my toes wet and I knew I wanted to try out my skills. So that's a, a huge opportunity because you get to pretend you're the venture capitalist, hear from three different startups and decide who to invest in with a team. And then you get to present your ideas to real VC partners. So um, for me, that's when I really fell in love with it. And I thought, I gained a little bit more confidence in myself thinking, okay, I, you know, maybe I can uh, recruit for this because uh, I had a lot of passion for it. So those are, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my feet wet. And then, you know, as I think back about my career journey, it, it makes sense. Um, my, both my grandparents were small business owners, very entrepreneurial. Um, I'm from Detroit and, you know, it's a very hardworking city and, you know, come to, I started to trace back and I was like, you know, there's a lot of like, entrepreneurship in my family. I grew up around that. Um, and I really loved the energy and the excitement of it. So, um, you know, for me, that's, that's kind of how I got involved. And then another piece that I didn't realize in terms of impact is just how um, underrepresented women are in, in the industry. So I, I know that I was a little bit apprehensive uh, to even start recruiting for VC because, I, you know, I didn't have the hard skills. I came from a background in public relations, you know, I, I felt definitely a bit of imposter syndrome. And, you know, when I looked around, there weren't a ton of women. I mean, I, I checked the recent stats and, um, you know, it's about, it's less than 10% of decision makers at VC firms are women. Um, and then, you know, that trickles down to the, the companies that get founded. It's less than 3% of all VC dollars that actually go towards women. So I started to, you know, think about impact in just, even, even the career itself and how um, by me pursuing this type of career, I could have an impact um, in terms of um, you know, helping women get into the industry and then in terms of funding um, female entrepreneurs too. Yeah, no, thank you for, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, a couple of things that kind of stuck out to me in terms of what you just said. So I think the first thing is, is that when, uh, when you talked about how now, looking back, you can see how venture capital can is connected to maybe like where you're headed based off of like looking back in the past. It is funny how sometimes that when when we're uh, when we look back and you have the time and space to kind of think, you can start to pull out the themes right of your your past or mm -hmm. or, or threads that resonate. And um, you know, it's I think Steve Jobs once said it's a lot easier to connect the dots in hindsight, right? And yeah, a hundred percent. It is funny how that happens. And, and uh, the second thing I was going to say is, is, is you're absolutely right, just in terms of the representation or lack thereof uh, of um, and opportunities, quite frankly, for um, women in the VC industry. And certainly, 
you know, because of things like All Rays um, and, you know, people like Eileen Lee and many other, you know, kind of uh, female um, trailblazers, really, um, there is more work that is being put in to try to amplify those opportunities so um, more women like yourself can get access to those those experiences and opportunities. But it is, you know, I think challenging as the saying goes, you know, I think from Sheryl Sandberg, like you can't be what you can't see. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think, um, and then the last thing that just stuck out to me in there that came up is that, you know, when you're in school, you you have op so many opportunities and moments to to do things that give you feedback, right? And I think to me, what stands yeah. out is that course you took from Brad Feld, right? So that's a moment of feedback, right? Like you're doing the course and you're learning this thing, but it's also pinging back feedback to you of like, hey, this could be interesting. Hey, I like doing this. And those are the experiences I think that are the reason why, you know, people find great opportunities in business school, because it does give you that chance to get those feedback moments of like, oh, you know, this is a, this is an insight that I can now use uh, to shape, uh, to shape where I go next. And so I think yeah. it's great that you were able to kind of pick up that opportunity um, to get that feedback point to really direct you of where you were going to go next in your career. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's really um, it's an important point to emphasize. And there are, of course, so many opportunities in business school, right? You, you get there and you could be anything and do anything, right? And that's that's half the problem is like the, sure. A, the prioritization and then B, to your point, um, I think it's also the reflection because yeah. a lot of the time it can be confusing if you're driven um, to do something because of FOMO or like the, the fear of missing out or if you're driven to do something because it actually lights you up and inspires you and um, so I think it is important to really like reflect, reflect along the, the process and, you know, for folks, I guess the class who's just starting now, um, I, I think that is, that is really, really important because you need to build in that time um, to really just get to know yourself and, and to really pick apart um, what you're excited about and, and what drives you. So I, I think that's a, that's a really good point to highlight. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the recruiting process for you for internships. Uh, what was that? What was that like? Yeah. Um, so I guess one thing too, I just wanted to highlight that I didn't get into about uh, your comment with representation. And, you know, of course I approached last conversation with the gender lens, but, you know, obviously there's, there's the same problem in terms of racial equity. I think it's um, less than 1% of VC funding that goes to founders of, of color. So it's just, you know, an, another thing to think about, it's not only applicable to women, um, but kind of, you know, any underrepresented group within the VC industry, it's really important um, for them to show up and to go out for these careers because we, you know, we definitely need you. Um, but in terms of the recruiting process, Georgetown is, um, you know, phenomenal for venture capital. And um, it's really something that the entrepreneurship initiative has really, really pushed and really supported. Um, uh, Jeff Reed and others who are really doing that work at Georgetown have done a, have done a great job. So um, I was really lucky because not only did I get to compete in the venture capital investment competition, but Georgetown has its own venture fellows program. And I know some other uh, schools have that, that type of a program, but for those who aren't familiar with it, um, the, the school got feedback from venture capital firms that just having an intern over the summer wasn't enough. You know, VC is a really complex industry. It takes a while to um, get on board and learn the lingo. They were like, you know, by the time they get up to speed over the summer, we lose them and, you know, it's kind of a bummer. So uh, we worked with the VC firms in the DMV area to say, okay, 
what if we had a fellow for you for the whole year? So in the spring, you work part-time at the VC firm, you kind of get up to speed so that in the summer when you're doing your full-time internship, you can really just hit the ground running. And then there's usually a fall component as well where the, the fellows will stay through um, the end of the school year. So it's this amazing opportunity to get a whole year of VC experience while you're actually in your MBA program. So this is something that is very successful. Uh, Georgetown just continues each year to get more VC firms on board and get more fellows placed into these roles. I think my class had about 10 MBA fellows, um, which was huge. So anyway, for me, the recruiting process really started with um, VCIC because throughout that case competition, you present to VC partners. And these luckily, um, probably by design, were some of the same partners that would be interviewing us for the Venture Fellows Program. So I got to um, present in front of them and show them my line of thinking when it came to our investment thesis, take their questions and then network afterwards. So that was kind of my first touch point. And then from there, um, doing things like coffee chats, talking to Venture Fellows that were in the year above me, um, also just, engaging with our, our club, there's a ton of opportunities to, you know, meet venture capitalists in our network. So whether that was through a career track or whether that was through events that were happening on campus, I just made sure I showed up um, for all those opportunities so that by the time I was submitting my venture fellows applications, I had already become familiar um, to these folks. And, um, you know, that goes without saying, like, making sure that when you're approaching this type of networking, it's it's really smart and just making sure that along the way, you're trying to learn the lingo because VC is kind of a different language um, that I was used to speaking anyway in my public relations life. So um, just, you know, kind of reading everything you can and then showing up um, in a great way when you go to do your networking. That That's kind of how I moved through last fall. And um, I, you know, I, I guess most of the people I was interviewing with had met me once or twice before, uh, before I sat down in November to interview with them. That's great. Thank you for thanks for walking us through that. I would love to know. So, what was the what was the experience actually like? You know, what did you do? Um, how did you enjoy it? What did you learn? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I think every every school is uh, different, but you know, at Georgetown, we just um, we had a, an application, and then there's this really fun process where uh, you know folks get selected from each venture firm to interview, and you do 15 minute interviews with the VC firms. And you're all in the same room. So it's like you kind of see your competition, you see who's going where, and there is a, a gong that rings in between each interview. And it's uh, this really cool kind of non-traditional process. So um, yeah, throughout that process, I got selected um, for a venture fellowship with Greenspring Associates. And they're a global venture platform with over 11 billion in um, assets under management. And their main office is in Maryland. Um, they're in a out they're in a place called um, Owings Mills outside of Baltimore, um, but they also have offices around the world and in places like London and, and Palo Alto. Um, so I was really drawn to Greenspring because of the size and the scope of the organization. It's you know it's it's huge um, and there's a lot of capital to be deployed and therefore you know kind of a lot of impact to be made. Um, I also knew that I was coming in you know, without um, a real background in this. So I wanted to pick a firm that was a bit more structured and could, um, you know, bring me along throughout a training process and, um, you know, yeah, provide a little bit more structure and process. So that's why I was kind of attracted to 
um, a bigger VC firm. And they also had an impact fund. So that for me was a perfect way for me to marry my interest in impact, get the experience in venture capital um, and kind of have you know, a really well-rounded experience. So throughout the summer, I worked on uh, direct, secondary and fund diligence. So Greenspring is really unique because it invests in all those different strategies. And I, you know, I really had a great experience. I got to learn with such smart people. I got to practice those hard skills. You know, I didn't feel like I had, I got to do research and I also got to leverage um, some of my PR skills, which really surprised me. I think, you know, one takeaway I would definitely have for the listeners is, um, you know, don't discount your past experiences because they, you know, it will show up, (laughs) right? Um, A lot of what I had done in public relations was, Um, managing a team, managing really large scale projects and activations. And, you know, in my role within the, you know, within Greenspring, it's not that much different. You know, it's it's a big team. There's over a hundred people. So there are definitely analysts um, that you work with and just having that um, kind of team background management was really nice. And then even just having writing and communication skills um, was really important. You know, you're writing an investment memo, Uh, for, you know, every investment you make, and there's multiple documents throughout the diligence process. So I was really able to leverage a lot of my writing skills and my uh, research skills and even trend spotting skills that that I used in PR um, to kind of support my work at Greenspring. So it was, you know, it was so cool just to be able to, you know, hear about uh, live deals, participate in the diligence, uh, work with such smart people, um, and, you know, just continue to kind of, uh, you know, build my knowledge of the industry. It's definitely something um, you know, that takes a while to, um, to learn. And, and I just had a, a phenomenal experience, um, which culminated in getting a full-time offer to come back after graduation. So I feel super lucky um, for the opportunity. It's, you know, um, it's very hard to secure a full-time position in venture capital and, and not all of these venture fellowships lead to that. So I just, you know, and looking back, feel really lucky that, you know, I was selected by Greenspring and that I was, um, you know, able to get my feet wet over the summer and secure a full-time offer for, for post-graduation, which is, um, you know, something I'm really excited about. That's great. Uh, congrats. Uh, before we get into that, uh, so one thing that you said that I think is really important and to your point, you know, when I think when you're making your career transition into something else, I think it's always important to remember that you're not throwing your past away. Mm-hmm. You're a lot of times you're, you're taking elements of it and bringing them forward. Um, or just using those skills in a in a new way. And so I think what you said about how you were able to take advantage of, you know, the fact you had managed a team, the fact that you knew how to write and communicate well, those are skills that endure. Uh, so even though you're using them in a different way or perhaps in a different context, you're not necessarily getting rid of your entire past. You're just using it in a new way. And so I think that's a really 100%. great, I think it's a really great, I think it's a really great call out because I, I think it's easy to forget that. Yeah, yeah. And something else that's interesting too, I forgot to mention is, um, you know, the firm Greenspring really um, prides itself on building relationships and partnerships and things like that. And, um, you know, that's what I did in PR. I, you know, public relations is basically building relationships with journalists mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, they will write about your clients and that you can, you know, pitch them ideas and things like that. So, you know, it's building relationships um, in a different way. And also, sure. you know, a client service background will get you really far no matter yeah. you know, what it is, because it's, you know, we of course have investors in our fund, which are like our clients, but, you know, even the the partnership in our fund really at the end of the day is like my client. 
Yeah. Um, everything we deliver to them, uh, you know, has to be of the highest quality. And we really, you know, it is kind of a client service mindset in that way. So yeah, it's really, it's, it is really interesting how those things, um, you know, that, that you think, oh, you know, I'll just leave that in the past. It, they really come back and, and help you throughout your career. That's great. So you have a full-time offer locked up, which is great, but I'd be curious to know what are you doing in your second year to continue to kind of build your skills and your experiences within the realm of venture capital? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So I am uh, still continuing with Greenspring um, in the fall and, and potentially, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the spring, but, you know, I would definitely be open to, to continuing to stay on um, until starting full-time. So definitely just being immersed um, in, the, in the firm and, you know, still being able to do projects is really great. Um, I'm also going to compete again in the uh, VCIC, so that um, case competition, it's actually happening next Friday, so really excited about that. Um, I'm also continuing to network and build relationships. You know, I think that's, that's definitely um, the thing about VC. It's really, really relationship-driven, so it always behooves you to build relationships with other funds. Um, you know, you, you may co-invest with them later on, or they may share deals with you that aren't a fit for them. Um, and then also just, you know, being active in the, the startup ecosystem, building relationships with founders, accelerators, um, really, you know, your, your biggest asset in venture capital is your relationships. So um, whether you have an offer or whether you're seeking an offer, um, you know, it's still, it's still the same, you know, you want to continue to build those relationships and get to know interesting people and, you know, start to, you know, formulate a thesis on like what's next and what you're excited about in terms of the future and investing. So all of those things are things that are on my radar. And, you know, I have a kind of a full cohort of venture fellows with me and I know they're, you know, they're thinking about the same thing. Um, and I will add one more plug for the venture fellows program. Cause I think that is really nice. I, you know, I have, nine other peers, uh, two of them are with me at Greenspring, but everybody else is at uh, different venture funds and we get to share learnings. We get to collaborate. We get to, um, you know, learn, learn from each other's experience. So I think that's another really nice piece about the venture fellows program at Georgetown is that, you know, I kind of have a built-in cohort that we've gone through the experience together. We've, you know, so my friends are at a, definitely a lot earlier, um, uh, firms, they're investing at the siege stage, or maybe they're investing in really niche um, sectors, maybe it's cybersecurity, or maybe it's something as broad as uh, life science and health. So just even getting to hear from them and, and just learn from what they're doing has been really valuable. That's great. And and on that notion, just of what you've learned, I am, you know, first of all, thank you so much for being here. But I guess maybe just to wrap up and just based off what you've learned, you know, what advice do you have for pers either prospective students or current MBA students who are interested in, in pursuing a career in venture capital um, after business school? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, VC is just one of those industries that a lot of people are excited about, but then someone tells them, oh, it's really hard to get a job, to, you know, do something more, um, uh, do, you know, do something more traditional, do something like consulting where there's more opportunity. So I would say first, um, don't get discouraged by that. Um, you know, really just believe in yourself. I think it's very easy to have imposter syndrome in this type of a career, but just know that it is an option that's available for you if you want to work hard and, 
you want to, um, you know, really make a name for yourself, it's absolutely possible. So I think that is number one. Um, don't count yourself out before you get started. <laughs> and um, so once, you know, once you kind of are on the path and you do think that venture capital might be a fit for you, um, think about looking at an MBA program with venture opportunities. So like I said, a lot of my uh, venture fellow uh, cohort mates really chose Georgetown for that specific reason. So look at the school, uh, try to identify what relationships they have or what alumni are in their network, um, because that is a really great way to set yourself up for success. Um, next, once you're kind of in school and you know, you're, in, you're in your program, I think just take time to learn the lingo, read the news. Um, those are big things, just being signing up for newsletters, reading books like Venture Deals, just trying to reading blogs um, from venture capitalists and really just trying to orient yourself around the way that um, people speak in the industry so that you can have an easy conversation when it comes time to network. Um, finally, uh, you know, have a, have a POV on uh, sectors, market trends, things you think that are interesting. Um, really people just want to know uh, what you think and they want you to have an opinion, you know, part of the job of a venture capitalist is to be decisive, right? And it's a numbers game and, you know, it's like the power law, like not, not every investment works out, right? You just need a couple that do. Um, so being decisive, having the, uh, you know, ability to understand a market, understand the trends and the drivers is something that, you know, um, people are going to look for when they're looking to hire associates. Um, and then, you know, build a technical skill set. I think, you know, Excel is critical. Um, and I, I was really lucky because Greenspring had a lot of established um, models and things that I could learn. But, um, you know, a lot of funds are smaller and you might have to build those things on your own. So try to take advantage of, you know, free tutorials that are out there, um, free templates that you can find, you know, things like modeling and cap tables and, you know, a lot of venture or a lot of uh, MBA programs will have those classes. So just really try to build your technical skill set as much as possible. Um, and then, as I was mentioning before, just um, smart networking. So, you know, I think I've also seen people be very laser focused on like, let me meet all the VCs in the area, right? Which is great, but also you're, you're missing the rest of the ecosystem, you know, meet the founders, meet the accelerators, meet, um, you know, who's doing what, in, in the market that you're in. So it's, it's not, don't just be like laser focused on other VC firms, like, yeah, that's great. Um, but as a VC, you know, you're really helping build businesses and, and helping founders grow. So, to, you know, also just build those networks and, and get to know really interesting people in that space who, who are kind of doing cool things because your, you know, your network is, is your deal flow and, and that's what'll really help you um, in the long term. So I think that's a lot. Um, but if, you know, if you kind of follow all those steps, I think, you know, you can set yourself up on a really good path. Great. Well, uh, Natalie Poston, thank you so much for joining today and for talking a little bit about Georgetown and, uh, your, uh, ability to pivot into a career in venture capital and, and what that process looks like. Thanks so much for coming on the MBA Insider podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a great discussion. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thanks, Al. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. 
find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.